Yeah, this morning we're going to just um, maybe have some very interesting discussions, and well, I'll be doing the discussing, you won't be much, but uh, it's a one monologue. So, um, yeah, so, and so, but there will be some interesting things during the course of the morning. Um, so this morning, what I want to speak about, uh, my title is Being Under Authority is Good for Me. It's a bit of an unusual title, even I thought it was when I wrote it down, but being, being under authority is good for me. Now, how many people sort of folded your arms at that point and said, mm, I'm not so sure. Uh, my experience of authority hasn't always been that good. And, um, and what are you trying to say here? Do you want to dominate us? Do you want to take control of my life? You know, what's, what is it all about? Well, let's, let's, just, let's look at it and go into it in terms of the word. Because um, really, we've got to believe all these things are God's ideas. You know, these are God moments, God speaking, God telling us how he wants things to be. And there's, God is ultimately the authority figure over us. And, uh, and Jesus, when he came to earth, even acknowledged that he was under authority. He said, I need to do and hear and say what my father says. He put himself, he chose as equal to God. He chose to go lower, Philippians said. He lowered himself and, and said, Lord, I'll only do what you tell me to do. But as the Holy Spirit led him, I mean, the Holy Spirit led him into temptation and into the desert. He just followed and he, he listened. He modeled something for us of being under authority, even though he was equal. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that like almost neutralizes every argument against authority, uh, against standing against authority and bucking against authority of any sort. And so uh, we know, it, if we can put up the first, where's Murphy over there? Uh, the first scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. Although God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, this is obviously talking in terms of a context of, um, of uh, representing God as every believer. We're all called to be ambassadors. You know that in embassies, their ground belongs to the country that they come from. If you're Brazilian, in the Brazilian embassy in, in South Africa, that ground is officially Brazilian territory. And so, um, so we are of another territory, or we are of another land, another place, and we are ambassadors for Christ, though he is making his appeal through us. And God could do anything he wants. I mean, every single person who gets born again could have a Damascus Road experience like Paul did, where the Holy Spirit just came and overwhelmed him, and he fell off his horse, and he, he encountered God, and he got born again. And so God could say to the church, hey, church, step aside. I don't need you. You just have your meetings on Sundays, sing some songs, share some, you know, some preaching, and love one another, drink coffee, have pancakes, good idea, and, um, and, you know, I'll do the rest. I'll just get everybody saved. And yes, God does actually reveal himself to people. He does draw everyone to himself, but he uses us as ambassadors, as those who represent him from a holy kingdom. You're a holy people. You're a royal priesthood. You belong to him. And you are representing him. You're his ambassador, and his voice, he's speaking through us. He's chosen to work through us, through his church. Isn't that amazing? Um, aren't you blown away by the trust that God's given you, that he would say, hey, will you guys be my voice on this, on this earth? Will you represent me? Will, you know, if people look at you, will, they will see me. Isn't that an amazing privilege and honor to be called to that? And obviously, he doesn't leave us as orphans, that he empowers us by the Holy Spirit 
to live lives that are like that, that can represent Him well. We're given all the credentials of heaven, the kingdom of, of heaven is within us, that we can represent Him as a beautiful, holy, royal priesthood, um, and that people can gaze upon us and say, but you guys, you're the real deal. You live for Christ. There's, I can see Christ evident in you. I can see God's power evident in you. By the way, are there any visitors here this morning? Anyone here for the very first time visiting us? Oh, welcome, welcome. Good to have you guys. I'm over here. Good to have you. That the Lord, so we are the voice. And, and yes, the, I mean, most times, I don't know about you, but I feel inadequate. I don't feel, um, Lord, really? You know, they have this thing called um, the imposter syndrome, I think it's called. Is that right? Where 70, 70% of people feel like they're, they're going to get caught out in their jobs, that they don't really know what they're doing. Which, which 70% is it here? <laughs> um, own up, own up. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, you. <laughs> and so, don't you sometimes feel like that as a Christian? I think I'm saying, oh, really, Lord, me? Do I really represent you well? Um, I know my weaknesses. I know my faults. Um, you know, sometimes we, we, Jenny and I, we, we sort of move around now the last two years. We, we used to lead Durbanville for about 11 years, and now we just go around to different congregations every week. And, um, and then sometimes they introduce you, and they, they start saying, Hannes toned it down a bit, thanks Hannes. But, uh, but sometimes the guys go you know, a bit over the top you know, about who this person is. And I think, hey, I thought I was speaking, but now they're talking about the superhero. Um, okay, I don't mind someone else speaking. And then they'd say your name, you know. And you think, is that really me? I feel so, I know my weaknesses. I know what I'm like. And, but God chose us. In his wisdom, he chose us to be his ambassadors, those who would bring his voice and those who would represent him. And who's equal to such a task? None of us without Jesus. None of us without the empowering of the Holy Spirit working powerfully within us to do that. And so, yes, you are weak. You are inadequate. But God. And better those who surrender. I preached the other day in, in Kroboa, I think it was, about, you know, you've got the fullness of Christ in you. You don't need any more. Don't say, give me more, Lord. There's no more to give. If you've been filled with the Lord, if you've been, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the fullness of Christ within you. It's just a matter of you getting out of the way and letting Christ flow out of you. That's the key. But we're not going to preach on that this morning. Um, and then Matthew, the second one, if you want to put up Matthew twenty-eight, sixteen to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Isn't that amazing? After all those years... There was still some doubt. Then Jesus, this is after the resurrection. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, based on that, what, what the authority that he's been given, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Keep that up for a moment. Almost Jesus passing on to us as his people, those are to the apostles who's been a passing on. We're an extension. We're a continuation of the original apostles and the message that they received. And they passed it on to us. And we are now walking in 2,000 years later in that same message to go to the nations, to make disciples, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that he's commanded. Jesus has given us commands, and he wants to be, us to teach. So a lot of it this morning, hopefully, is a teaching on how to obey Jesus and how to do everything that he wants us to do. Um, and that you know, guy's asking, you know, what is the vision of this church? Well, quite, it's very simple, really. Every church should have that. That's their vision. It's just the basic mandate. Mandate is something that's given to us to walk in and to take hold of. So we've been given authority by Jesus to go into nations and to make disciples. And that's every one of us, not just the leaders or the elders. Um, I want to take us, try and show you the thought. We're going to focus on authority this morning. Because if you understand authority, if all of us, if we understand authority and we realize just how liberating authority can be for us by submitting to it, like Jesus did, we will find freedom. Do you believe that? Because some people think, oh, I'm not so sure. I'll, I'll submit to Jesus, but I'm not about you guys. You know, I know you've got weakness. I've seen you in your weakest moments. You will see us in weak moments. You will see us make mistakes. We, we are going to make mistakes into the future. You know what? Jesus' weakness actually gives me strength. We, we, we were in Israel four years ago, and not a good place to be right now, unless you want to go and be involved in other things. But, um, but when we were in Israel, we went into the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus sweated blood and like trauma. And said, Father, is there not another way that you can do this? Salvation for us that we're now walking in. Is there, is there not another way? Imagine the Son of God... I, wouldn't, I don't know if to use the word negotiation, but discussing with the Father. Is, is, is there another way? Knowing what he's going to have to go through. I don't know if it was the physical pain, what he knew he had to go through, or the spiritual pain when he took our sin upon him on that cross. It was such a big sin to take for us to live in freedom. But then he came to this place where, Father, not my will be done. Your will be done. If this is your will, Father then that's the way it's going to be, and I'll do it. And he went to the cross, and he died, and he took our sins upon him, that we might live in authority. His submission to authority brought us life. What if the same applies today for those that he's placed an authority over us in the Lord? What if that very same authority, obviously not, we, have, we, we can't pay for your sins or anything like that, but... But maybe there's a devolution of authority where God has devolved authority down to us for your benefit. And I'm going to show you scripture to that regard. Let's look at the third scripture, Matthew 18. Okay, even my glasses, that one needs a bit of coming closer to. Um, If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And that was a a principle throughout Old Testament. The Jews understood, always got to have two or three witnesses. Even with us, two or three scriptures need to substantiate a position in Christ. Um, If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if, if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector, which weren't well treated. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth, it's in the same context now of church discipline, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind, you the church bind 
on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is the church having authority. Again, I tell you that if two or three agree about anything on earth, agree about anything you ask, you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Okay, often I misquoted scripture. Two or three gather, that we've got church, etc. But it's actually talking about the context of witnesses, of the church exercising authority and discipline that's been delegated by God. And so we see an authority the church has been given for the sake of the church to, to bring it into a place of healing and wholeness. So I've got time to go majorly into church discipline now. But actually, church, the church has got immense power. Immense power. Far more than the atomic bombs that were dropped in Japan in 1945, which killed thousands. That's incredible power we saw triggered there. And in today, you've got nuclear bombs and nuclear warfare, and we, we're amazed at the power of these things. But the power of God that God's given us as the church is way more power than the president of America's got, who's the most powerful nation on the earth at the moment. That power we've got, if you read 1 Corinthians 5, which we won't have time to do now, can actually, the church can actually hand people over to Satan and cast them out of the church worldwide, not, not just a local name of a church. That's incredible power that you've got, and there's not power that you must play with or, or take for granted or abuse in any way. Because you're playing with people's lives here. You're not playing, but you're dealing with people's lives. And as a leadership, we've, we realize that the, that the authority that God's given us is immense. Immense. But, we, but if it's used wrongly, and I want to show you the benefits rather than the, than the wrong dealings. But if you've been hurt by church in the past, if you've been hurt by leadership or abused in any way, perhaps God wants to bring healing to you this morning. For your sake, not for the church's sake, for your sake. So that you can get breakthrough in your life. Maybe it's something holding you back. Then um, if we go to Hebrews thirteen, seventeen, Well-known scripture we use. Uh, it says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For that would not be of no advantage to you. It wouldn't say, that's an advantage to them. It says to you. So your obedience to the leaders is a benefit and advantage for you, not for them. Yeah, we do feel it sometimes when guys wrestle against us if we try and lead people into, into take them forward in some way. It is a bit hard. It's hard work in leadership. It is. But the reality is it's of no benefit to you if you don't uh, work with the leadership. And obviously, the, the caveat to this or the balancing factor is in, in leadership in Josh Jen, as a church, we can only speak for ourselves, we focus more on character than gifting. So who are you? Because if we're going to let you loose and lead out the people that God's entrusted to us, and 1 Peter 5 talks about uh, the people of God being entrusted to the elders, then we want to know that you're going to be good for the church. You're not going to hurt them. Because woe to us as leaders if one of us causes one of you to stumble in any way. We're in big trouble. Big trouble with God. Because you're his sheep, not ours. You don't belong to us. You belong to him. We're under shepherds who've been entrusted with the very work of God, entrusted with his body to bring her into wholeness and health, not to abuse her in any way. Right, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1 to 10. We're reading quite a bit of scripture this morning because I want to show from the word 
um, what God is saying. 2 Corinthians. Um, sorry, I may, I may have changed that one a little bit. Can you go to verse 1 for me? I sometimes modify these things on the, on the trot. You got it? Not yet. 2 Corinthians 10, 1 to 10. How many of you guys bring Bibles to church still? In the old days, you didn't go to church without your Bible. But I'll read it in the meantime. Um, by the meek, you got it, well done. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid, inverted commas, when face to face with you, but bold when away, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish strong arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. How's that for heavy talk, eh? Imagine a beginning letter like that. You're going to get punished by the apostles. But we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. You are looking only on the surface of things. If anyone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as he. For even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord gave us for building you up rather than pulling you down, I will not be ashamed of it. I do not want to seem to be trying to frighten you with my letters. For some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing. How do you like that? Paul says that he's got, a, he's got power, he's got authority to build up, not to break down. And we would like to believe, and he says it again in um, 2 Corinthians 13, 1 to 10. Um, I think I'm just going to shorten this one. Um, well, it's also quite a heavy word he's giving here. Uh, maybe I should read it. Let's read it. This will be my third visit because the two scriptures tie into each other. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Again, we get that. I already gave you a warning when I was with you the second time. I now repeat it while absent. On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier or any of the others. Since you are demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me, I, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. Okay, Christ speaking through him, and we believe Christ speaks through us in, in leading God's people. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, but he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we live with him to serve you. We will live with him to serve you. Examine yourselves to see whether you are on the faith. Test yourselves. You ever do that at all in your life? Examining yourself to see if you are on the faith? Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you, unless, of course, you fail the test? And I trust you will discover that we have not fallen, failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong, not that people will see that we have stood the test, but that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. We are glad whenever you are weak, but you are strong, and our prayer is for you, is for your perfection. 
This is why I write these things when I'm absent, that when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority. The authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. Okay, the Lord gives us authority to build us up, not to tear you down. Will you apply that to your life right now? Would you say, hey, God's given leaders in my life, and they've got authority over me to build me up, not to tear me down. And that's what our our authority should be used for in terms of leading you. There may be times like Paul, I mean, those are quite heavy letters, hey? Imagine receiving that into your life. Imagine getting a WhatsApp like that. You know, I'm coming, and I hope I don't have to be harsh with you. I don't have to discipline you, punish you. Like, wow, what about grace and mercy and love and but that is love. We've got such a false understanding of love today. We, we think love is just all emotions and feelings. And where truth is actually what we should be led by, not emotions and feelings. And our job as leaders is to guide you guys to truth. As much as we're guiding ourselves and holding each other to account. Because I don't know if you know that, but we do hold each other to account. Every, even Andrew Selly leads us, submits himself like Jesus to the other elders. That anyone, in fact, I submitted myself I think Andrew would do the same to the whole of Durbanville when I led it for 10 years. I would say to Durbanville, hey, you guys, you can all speak into my life. If any one of you sees anything in my life that needs correcting, please come and talk to me because that's loving me. If you, don't lo- if, you, if you hate me, you won't come and speak to me. But if you love me, you will come and speak to me. But don't be rude about it. Just come and say, hey, I, got a bit of a, I don't understand. Help me to understand why you did that or why you said this. I, you know, that's the way to do it, to get people to be corrected. Okay, I'm, I'm giving a lot of scripture, but I'm nearly finished. Um, how's this scripture? You don't know what it is yet, so, but you're going to see it now. Uh, Matthew 8, 5 to 13. This is powerful, hey? This is so powerful. When Jesus entered Capernaum, Capernaum a centurion came to him asking for help. A centurion was very high up in the army of Rome. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said, Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. He volunteered, hey, I'll come there and heal him. Our test. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go. And he goes. And that one, Come. And he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I have not. Is there more? Yeah. But wait, there's more. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feet at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go and it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed from that very hour. He, he was astonished at the guy's faith. He was like, wow. This is like a wow moment. Even for Jesus was blown away by it. And you know what faith is? Faith, the definition of faith is conviction of a relationship of God. That Jesus is the Messiah and that he exists. Conviction of the revelation of God. That's, that was the centurion experience. There. He was convicted of the revelation of God, of what Jesus could do. He, had, he just came under Jesus' authority. 
And it's that authority, because the centurion starts describing his authority. And he said, and he recognized Jesus' authority. He was linking the two up. That you just have to say one word and that demon's gone. That healing takes place. He, he linked the two authorities together. And so if you, if you can get the revelation of what that, us, we, if we can get the revelation of that centurion's faith or what he saw in Jesus' authority, we will walk in freedom and, and breakthrough in our lives. He got breakthrough by recognizing that authority. And by recognizing the authority of, of God on the, on the eldership list as an example in this congregation, if you recognize the authority on Andrew Selly, who leads the whole team, they will, you'll find that you will walk in, you'll get breakthrough in, in your life in different areas. Because there's, sometimes there's things that we don't realize why, we, there's a, why we're not walking in the fullness of God. We meet people, we counsel people and pastor people and shepherd people and always trying to help them to come into the more in God. I was just saying to Ivan, my mom uh, turned 90 this year in April and then in June she had a stroke and we had to go up to Durban to see her and then she, did, she died on the 31st of August this year. And, but when we were there in hospital, in June with her, she, she said, why didn't I die? I want to go. I led to the Lord in 1982, just after I got saved. And I said, Mom, maybe there's something that you need to sort out with, with God before you go. Maybe there's someone you need to forgive. And she said, actually, there is something I need to people I need to forgive. And she started praying and, and releasing people from her childhood, a 90-year-old woman lying in her bed. And just that, that blockage was undone. It was, it was a freedom that she came into. And likewise with us, is there a freedom that we're walking in, in the Lord right now this morning? Are we walking in what God wants us? Could it be there's an authority problem with us? When I mention the word authority, when I say go and submit your life to, to leaders for your sake, not for their sake, they, they don't need all, all the drama, but we're quite willing to put up with the drama because we want to see you come into freedom. But do you, are you accountable with your life? Do people know how you handle your finances? You know, what's my finances got to do with the church? Everything. Because if you struggle, we struggle because we're going to have to take money from our pockets and give to you. That's how we do life. That's how we do church. So there's a, we can't, we're a body. So if one part of the body hurts in any form, health or finance or whatever you're going through, we all hurt. We don't live as individuals. That's a Western concept of thinking. Hebrew thinking is it's us. God's thinking is his church. He sees his bride. He sees his people as one. And is there something that, you, that, that you're struggling with in any way? For your sake, sort out the authority thing. For your sake, not ours. We're carrying on. We're going forward. We, you know, we're following the Lord. Say, Lord, where to from here? What do you want in us? Any change, Lord? Anything you want to do in us, Lord? We, we're available. But we need the people of God to come with us in every decision we make. Because we make decisions and we're going to announce a decision shortly. And then will you be on board with us on that decision? Will you get behind us on everything, calls that we make? Because we, we really are trying to seek God's face on every decision. What's, what's the best for the church? What's the best that will glorify God through our actions and through our decisions? And these are the things that we need to process. So being under authority is good for me. Do you agree with that statement? All of us. And I'd ask you to wrestle the thing to the ground today. You've got to forgive a leader. You've got to forgive an authority. It could be even a, a parent in your life. 
You may not even know that you struggle. You might, a, lot of, a lot of stuff happens to us in our childhood. And we, we're dealing with things, and only later, you know, we, those who shepherd and pastor people will know. And sometimes older people can sometimes have things they haven't dealt with for 60, 70 years and need to deal with so that they can find freedom. But Jesus came to set us free, set the captives free. Let's not be a captive in anything. So this morning we've, we've uh, got some decisions to bring to you guys and, and some changes we want to discuss. Um, do you want to bring the children in now? And um, but while the ch- children are coming through, yeah, why don't you just all stand for a moment? I've been speaking for 30 minutes. Just to stretch your legs. And I want to just challenge, challenge you while you are standing. But yeah, just, just focus still. I want to challenge us while we're standing right now. If you've got, maybe we can just close our eyes for a moment. Um, if you feel that the Lord's speaking to you, I try to use the word of God to try and speak to us this morning. But if in any way that you've struggled with authority over the years, and you recognize in your life that maybe you need just to release some people this morning, set people free, in order to set yourself free in the area of authority. Would you do that right now? Just have a moment with God. Just just speak to him and say, Lord, I've carried this thing all these years. And I want to trust, Lord. I choose this morning to trust those you put over me in the Lord. I choose to trust. Trust doesn't come easy always. And sometimes the, the, the motions can arise and wrestle. But trust is a choice that we make. It's a choice. Trust is a decision. Lord, I trust those that you trust. In Acts chapter 20, Paul said to the Ephesians, elders, that the Holy Spirit has made you elders. And yet men laid hands on them. Men ordained them. But yet the Lord recognized them through us. So this morning, wherever you are, Present your heart to God afresh and say, Lord, here am I. I choose to trust your leaders. I choose to, let, to come under their authority to make their life a joy. That it might be beneficial for me. And just while we processing that, I read the scripture where Paul said, test yourself to see if you're in the faith. And it's, it's good to do that, you know, to say, Lord, am I really yours? Because many times people can join and be part of churches like this, but not be truly born again and know the Lord Jesus. But this morning, if you're not sure that if you were to die and face the Lord, that you are certain that, that you know him, that your sins are paid for, that you do, there's nothing blocking you're going into heaven and being with him for all eternity. If you're not sure this morning and convinced that if you were to die, that you would be with Jesus face to face, then this morning is also opportunity for you to, to, to make that, that decision, make that call. Say, Lord, I'm not sure that right now if I were to end my time on this earth, my body was to stop carrying on, that I would see you. Then ask the Lord to come into your heart this morning. Accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Lordship means your will be done, Lord, not mine.
That's the difference between Christians and non-Christians. Christians, their lives belong to Jesus. Their sins are covered by his, by his death on the cross. And that he is now Lord of their lives. And all their decisions are submitted to him. If you're not certain that you live like that, then maybe make that decision this morning. And we can pray for you. Father, I pray for every single person here this morning that they would know you, that you would know them, because many think that they are known by you, but Lord, you said, some will say on that day, Lord, Lord, and you'll say, get away from me, I never knew you. Father, we want to know that every person this morning is known by you, and if we're not known by you, we're not not certain in our hearts that we belong to you, then Lord, we make that decision this morning to come come into that relationship. And surrender our lives to you. We do that right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. We say, Lord, here am I. Forgive me my sins. And Lord, come and live in my heart. And take your lordship in my heart. I pray this in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, please come and see me afterwards. All right. I'd love to just to meet you and talk with you. But please be seated for a moment longer. The children have joined us. So I focus this morning on, on leaders, on elders, and elders are godly men we trust who lives are fully submitted and lives have been tested and uh, examined before they are ordained and become elders. And then God, we believe in a plurality of elders, which means we work as a team but we do recognize he's often a leader of a team. Um, we see that in Scripture, James standing up in, in Jerusalem and making a call after everyone has given their input. We see the letters written to the church of, in Revelation that, um, that there was to the Angelos, the leader of the church. So they're not, lead elders are not superior, um, but just a gift, grace gift on their life. And it's a gift to us uh, that God has recognized them to lead the team and to lead us. And there's different grace gifts and different lead elders and different seasons where some elders are required in different places and some need to be moved to another place. And so we, we prayerfully do go about finding out, Lord, what is your will in terms of how do we position different people in regards to their gifts to us and to lead us? And so this morning, we, we have got a, a change that we're going to be making in this congregation. Uh, as an eldership team, we, we've, we've uh, believed this of the Lord. And um, yeah, we're going to ask that you all give your hearts and help us in this decision. It's, you know, change is always, for some people, they love change. Not everybody does. Um, but we'd ask that you all help us and get on board with us in this decision uh, as we go through this time of change in Melkbos. And so we've had guys serve faithfully here over the years and, um, and really lead well and blessed us by their lives and by their leadership. Um, but at the moment, uh, we've, we're feeling that um, Hannes and Mariska would serve us better and the Lord by going and helping us in Muscle Bay congregation. Um, there is a need there for for his particular gifting, and uh, so we do f- recognize that. And even this morning, Muscle Bay is hearing that their lead elder is going to also move, 
somewhere else, um, the morning congregation. Um, so we are pulling the trigger quite fast on this one. Um, it sort of happened quite quickly, the situations that emerged and arose. And uh, so it will be taking place as of today. We'll be bringing about change. Um, and to that end, we're gonna, we've asked Borant and Leanne to, to lead this congregation. Uh, guys who are familiar to you. And... And they feel it's in the Lord for them to do that. Are you clapping for Hannes going or Baron staying? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just teasing. But um, so, yeah, so, so as of today, we're going to actually pray Baron in and uh, to take over the leadership because we are going to December now. We'll be, all the congregations will be um, toning down for, uh, within a week or two. And then it does go very quiet for a good four weeks, uh, and then we'll be kick, kicking off in the new year. They're going to try and move to Mossel Bay by January, um, so it's quite a quick move for them. So, yeah, really help us in this and support us in this, in this change time. It's hard for Anas and Mariska to go through this. It's not easy. Um, leaving nine years, he's been here, and, um, it's, you know, he's served well, served faithfully. We're very proud of him, the way he served and, and loved you guys, and I'm sure many of your lives have been impacted by him over the years, and, he, and their love, and Mariska. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, so just bear in mind it's not easy for them what's, what's happening right now, um, but they do see God in it. So maybe you guys want to come up and just share first, uh, Hannes, the journey. Basilicum Joy. That's fine. Um, um, hello. <laughs> um, so yes, that's the that's the news. <laughs> um, un- unfortunately, uh, or not unfortunately, but like we we are moving and it's quite quickly, and um, it is it is painful. I think actually only today really we're feeling it. Like it just happened so quickly that we were just trying to go through stuff and get stuff done, and that we, uh, we were asking one another, it's like, why aren't we that sad? And uh, then last night, I didn't sleep at all, and I was like, it was hitting me proper. Um, and because I, I think, like Russ said, it has been nine, nine years for me, ten years for Marissa that we've been here, and we, we really, I think why it hurts is because we want to say, man, we've given you our hearts, and um, open our lives to you, and lived among you, you've seen a way of life, and, um, to, and it would be genuinely love each of you. And so if we, we were saying at a stage, it's something that we would love to call before and just let know, but it, it would have been all of you um, if, we had to, if we had to go through that. And um, we, we genuinely are going to miss you. And so maybe just from, from my side, quick story how it happened is the first that I found out about this was on the plane back from New Zealand. I dialed into a directing elders meeting, and I was listening to what sounded like an auction with me being one of the, one of the things, and I couldn't be on anything. I was just being, <laughs> being thrown around there, and uh, Grant trying his best to, 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 to block. Out. But uh, I, <laughs> it was it was quite funny, and uh, but I was sitting on that plane, being so nauseous, thinking just about how this would go down. But um, I knew I was in trouble because. Um, 
this December last year, 23rd of December, I've had a dream where um, in the dream, Marissa and, uh, Marissa and myself were asked to move to Mosul Bay. And, and how it played out was Andrew said, he's not going to be able to facilitate it, facilitate it with us, but Phil will be there to help transition the thing. And, um, and so I landed back from New Zealand and I went straight to Andrew's house. I said, look, I need to come see you. And, um, and we were just chatting it through. And our starting position was that I said to him, look, I've always told you, but if you need me to move tomorrow, we'll do it. And so, so it is a yes. I just want to clarify a few things. And, uh, and then he said, uh, he said a few things. And I said, look, but I'm not going to be able to process it through with you. But Phil and Russell and the guys will be able to transition with you. So I knew, like, even though there was nothing in us that wanted to go, honestly, because we so love you guys and really want to be here. It's not, it's not a chasing of a dream and a promotion. It's really not that. It's like, I think it's following the Lord and we can see God in it. But there was an undeniable sense of faith from the start that I, I can see God is in this. He's been ahead of us more than a year already. And, um, and just then, I think as we were starting to process, just so many words that we received throughout the year and preparation of stuff that God has been setting up, we could see that without a doubt, we can see God is in it. And, um, and so we went away to pray, but we, we said, when we left there, I said to Maurice, we would have to hear a clear no to say to Andrew no, because I can sense God is in it. And when we were away... Um, I was just on the way out. I said to Marissa, I want to listen to you preach and not a full 12 thing. I just want to try and hear God. And just selected the first thing that came up on my podcast thing. And then he was, the guy was just in short preaching about Isaiah 28, or 26 8 that says, Yes, Lord, for your name and your renown, we'll, we'll do it. And he was just sharing, like he said, this was the only way that phrase could be put together. He says, If it's Lord, it can never be no Lord. Or, or maybe, Lord, or later, Lord. It's, it's always, yes, Lord. And I, on the way, even out just a holiday, I was weeping and I, because I knew it was a yes. And, and, and when we just, while we were away, just in our quiet time, again, God confirmed it's a yes. And uh, so we came back, and, and actually it was quite funny, because we, we, while we were away still, I said to her, like, it's like I'm starting to get excited already, but I, I know there's still, much, still, still so much here that we want to process. But when we left at Bivalac on Saturday and on the way back to the gathering, we called Andrew and said, we, we want you to know we're not just in, we, we're convinced that God is in it. And, uh, and so in many ways, it does feel premature for, for us, I'm only 30, <laughs> to, to move away that far to another region. And I think I did try and process that through with the team. It's like it feels early. But I, I'm trusting Andrew and Russell and the guys and the timing. And, and I, I can see that God is in it. But more than what it feels premature for, or, or more than that, I'm so convinced that the season is right for Boren and Leanne to, to lead. And, uh, and so even more than what I'm sure about us, I'm convinced that God has called them for, for this season and that it's now. And, um, and while I was in Australia and New Zealand, whenever I was, I really, I wasn't stressed about Marcos. I could see that it was going well. And the only question that I had for Bori the whole time was like, are you still enjoying it? And he, he just said, yes, probably too much. And, uh, and so I was like, and I think I could also see how the grace has, has shifted to them. And, um, and so that, for, for, there's like a settling in our hearts like this, without a doubt that we can, in a sense, entrust you guys your lives to them and to say that they'll be able to take you further 
in the Lord and build you and bring more of you through and, and, and build this house and see more people getting saved and that more of you will be able to walk in what you need to walk in because we can recognize the grace of God that has shifted, you know, that, or that is on their lives and has been there. And like they're the originals that planted Malkbos, they're the only people left. And I think I can just see that it's, it is the right time for God, like in the, for them to take you guys further. Um, and so um, I want to, I, I think, I don't know how much more opportunity we'll get to do this, but I do want to ask you, man, or I want to say from our side, thank you so much for giving us your hearts. And um, it, was, it was a joy to lead you. I mean that. It was a, it was a joy and not a burden. Um, thinking about Hebrews, I loved it. We loved it. it was, we had so much fun with you guys, man. And, uh, and the relationships and the friendships are real. It's, uh, it is, it's, that's why it's painful to leave. It is, it is not just a, a job. It was, it, it, it was a joy to lead you guys. And I want to ask you, in the same way that you, that you guys gave your hearts to us and allowed us to lead you and bend you and, and work with you, would you even more so give your hearts to them? And, uh, and just say, like, like, the, like those, um, uh, is it the, the 30 mighty men or whatever that came to David and said, we are yours. We are yours. And to, to in a sense, do that to them and, and submit your lives under, under Boren and Leanne and the team and say, we are yours. Do whatever you need to do with us. And um, trust me, the, like, like Russell said this morning, it's like, it's for your benefit. And there will, blessing that, there will be blessing that come upon them in this house and upon you as we do that, that, that God can keep doing it. And it is, it is painful. Uh, it's like, I think we're starting to feel it today properly, like even just sharing this. It is sore. And, um, and, and it's because it, it is real. And the friendships were real. But I want to remind you that the call of Malkbos has always been this. To raise up leaders and to send out into the nations. And, uh, and to raise up leaders and to send out into the nations is the call of God in this house. And there was one year, I remember it, I was leading, where we tried to not do that, just to keep us together. And we nearly died as a church. When we didn't do what God wanted us to do. And, and the moment we planted again and we, we send out our best and we send Dov and Liesl away and we, we started redoing it. It's like the life of God came back to this house. And, um, and so I want to remind you that this is the call of God for this church. And, um, but we never stop giving our hearts. So even our, our biggest fear, and if we can be honest about this, is we know no one in Mosul Bay. Literally, we, we know a lot of guys in the PM, but we know no one in the AM. And, uh, and there is an there is element of fear, like, yes, man, we're going to have to open our hearts again to 200 new people and 80 kids that I need to try and do this with, you know, and share my worst and my best and my life story and, and let them in here and, and build trust again and, and, and open our hearts. But we, we're going to do it. We're going to go there and we're going to give our hearts again to those guys. And I want to ask you, so I'm not, I'm not asking that just from a superficial point. We're going to go there and do that for many. And would you do the same in return for one another here and for the team? Open your hearts and, um, and let the life of God flow through you. Amen. But we're not disappearing off the planet. Some people are stoked that we're not moving to Australia. That's the, that's the, that's the best news out of the situation. <laughs> so, so it, or Mongolia, like imagine that. <laughs> or Russia, that was a nervous one. But... Uh, it's only, it's only four and a half hours away, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll be coming back for, it was still a big, you know, a multi-site church. We'll, be, we'll see one another, but in reality, dynamics will change and will shift, but our hearts remain open to you, and man, we, we genuinely love you guys. just want to want you to know that, that 
We, we do love you. Say something. <laughs> I just, um, in the time that we were away, we were praying, and one of the scriptures, one of the only scriptures that the Lord gave me is, unless the Lord builds his house, we build in vain. And I'm so aware of the fact that God's busy building and shifting. And he's, and I mean, even just thinking about the dream that Hannah's had last year, it's like, it's not like we were thinking about going to Mossel Bay or it was in our back of our minds or anything. Um, and you're know, just the significance of the moments that the Lord has been busy with. So yeah, he's building his house and I'm excited. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay, yeah, stay up, yeah, yeah. Gonna There's more. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay. you guys. Thanks. Stay here. Mariska, stay here if you can. Oh, you got it. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a third member. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barnes and Leanne, do you guys want to come up? Um, are you Often we say, you know, that... The children are very much part of this journey, hey? You guys are on this with your folks. And uh, I was going to say, you know, we often you say you've got big shoes to fill. You guys don't wear shoes, yeah? So, um, <laughs> walk in your own sandals, though. Okay. Don't, you have to fill his. <laughs> but, yeah, just so wonderful seeing Barrington, and Leanne and the children standing here today. And it's a, it's a significant spiritual moment. Do you realize that? It looks all practical and physical. But actually, God recognizes these things spiritually, and there's a deep significance to their leadership gift coming and their leadership gift moving uh, to another place. So don't lose sight of that. This is a spiritual moment in God that's taking place here today. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been wonderful watching Bryant on his journey over the many years and Leanne uh, growing. Um, Mazare was your maiden name. They used to have Mazare's Cafe, uh, her and her sister. And uh, good burgers. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just wonderful. Look at the three children today and here you guys standing. And God's entrusting these people to your leadership with the rest of the elders um, to lead and to guide them and to, towards him and to point them to Jesus. And it's a very powerful um, task. It's a big task. I know, I know often, you know, for 20 years, I mostly sat in church. I was a deacon, I think I was. And uh, well, I know it was, and uh, and then uh, coming to eldership back 25 years ago or something like that, it's such a different level of responsibility, and you never know what it's like until you walk in it. And then lead eldering is another level. I mean, those some of the guys who've led here, Ivan and Grant, they know lead eldering is another level altogether of authority that God takes you into, and of responsibility. And it's it's a heavy task, but and who's equal to this task? No one really, but with him, he, where he leads and guides, he empowers. He always does. Um, Colossians 1, 28 and 29 are such powerful scriptures for that, where Paul describes leadership, and, uh, but he says, the Holy Spirit working powerfully within me. So we do. We, we feel inadequate a lot of the time, but in him, we can do all, all things in Christ. You know? Hopefully, I don't, don't want to misquote that scripture. Um, 
And so really he's going to endow them with the right anointing, the gifting for this task. There'll be a new anointing that'll come on Barant for this season to be able to lead and, and feed you guys and protect you uh, with the rest of the eldership team. So maybe you want to just describe your journey. Yo, um, <laughs> I think, uh, and I'll share a bit more, you know, as, um, as we, we step into what God wants us to do. But literally the journey for me started about a year ago, if not longer. Um, in October last year, the Lord started giving me again, um, you know, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, stir up the gift that has been given to you. And um, I think for me, in my process of what God has been working, like Russell said, God's more interested in our characters than our calling most, always. And my character is something that God had to work on quite a bit. And I can tell you guys a lot of story about that. But last year, the, the gift, God started stirring that within me again of leading. And, um, and that's, that was a year process of just surrendering and giving up. Leanne and myself even came to a point where we said, Lord, any, anywhere, anytime, any place. You know, we, we've got a great house and God has given us and blessed us amazingly. We were like, Lord, and then it started like going, okay, Lord, is it America? Is it this? Is it that? You know, it's like, where, Lord, where do you want us? And um, I will honestly say in, this, in the last couple of months, the Lord started speaking to me about Malkbos. And I didn't, nothing was this was planned. I literally heard last week, Saturday, that we're leading. <laughs> so it was no plan. But honestly, about two or three weeks before that, God dropped something in my heart about leading Malkbos and Hannes moving. And how I saw it was Hannes coming back, going to join with him, help him with whatever he needs to do, build the church for another year or two, and then there might be a handover. So then God just said, yeah, he just had it short by a couple of months. You know, it's actually in the next week that will happen, two weeks later. Um, So for us too, it was immediately, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, how can we not but serve you and follow you and what you have done? And um, so we, we, are, we are nervously excited. Um, we understand the responsibility, but we're going, God, wherever you lead us, we'll go. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, we are excited to see what God's going to be doing, and there's a lot more that we can share. And the journey, I'll go in a bit more detail. But just this is a significant moment for us as a, as a family. We've been speaking this last couple of weeks on us as a family. And who knew? Who knew when we were talking about this stuff what was happening? But God. And it's such an incredible picture for us to know that we are in the palm of the Lord's hand. And nothing is unaware of Him. So, so we are sad. I, I think it's also we haven't had time to emotionally like, go through, like, you know, because Hannes and I and, and us as families, we've grown very close. But like you said, it's a couple of hours away. So we will still see a lot of them. But yeah, exciting times. Well done. Thanks, Barney. Actually, I, I remember having a word for this congregation about two years ago that you were to turn outward and go. So here we go. Um, it's your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> Bring on the hate. <laughs> um, but bless you. Let's, let's pray for you guys. We're the elders and elders' wives. Won't you come and stand with us here? And won't everybody else stand with us as well? Um, Maybe come lay hands, elders and wives, come and lay on the guys. And I'd like Hannes to pray for Barant mm. as I pray for him as well. Mm. That's awesome. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lord, we just want to thank you for Bori and for this family and for his life. 
for, for the grace that is upon him. And I just want to pray, Lord Jesus, today, like that there'll be a, a changing of mantle, in a sense, for him, God, and, and eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, I just want to pray, God, would you, would you come in that there'd be a different grace that would come and rest upon them as a family today, just how to build your house. I pray, God, would you give them wisdom and um, Lord, I, I do pray even just as of today that he can feel, God, the, the anointing that comes, that enables him for the task that is ahead. In the name of Jesus. God, I want to pray that more than um, the responsibilities and the pressures and all the stuff that comes, I want to pray for them as a family with this church, that they will continue having fun. And, uh, and that serving you and loving you will always remain a joy um, amidst the, the pain and the, the cost and whatever, God, that they can enjoy and that there will be, without a shadow of a doubt, a conviction in them that you have called them for a moment such as this. And um, so I just want to pray, God, would you clothe them, God, with anointing today in the name of Jesus. Mm. Mm. Okay. We're losing it with one of our young ones. <laughs> You know, the, the Hebrews understood the laying on of hands was a transference of sin into an animal by the laying on of hands. So when the Bible says don't lay hands hastily, it's with that picture in mind that laying on of hands is not a, a Mickey Mouse, just a little ritual we do. It's actually a genuine spiritual transference. So we want to lay hands on you right now. And, Father, we just pray for an anointing to come on Barnes uh, powerfully, Lord, to lead your team, to lead your people for their benefit, Lord, for their wholeness, for their health. And, Lord, that your love would be expressed through him. Give him your heart, Lord, like he's never experienced it before. Your heart for your people. Just see that his heart would beat for them, Lord. And just love them by the, the power that works so wonderfully within him by your precious Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name, Lord. Anoint him now for the task. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Amen. Bless you, man. Cool, let's go to the beach. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> cool, you can take your seats. Just wanted to quickly, um, just firstly, Russell, thank you so much. Um, it is, I was, I was just thinking of Russell being here. He is like a grandfather to many of us. Um, and, it's, and it's just to, you know, to recognize even that, you know, we, like I said, we give honor where honor is due. And Russell has been a man that throughout the years you can follow and see the hand of God on his life. And um, it's, it's really an honor and a privilege that you were here this morning with us. Um, it's amazing and a credible word. So just wanted to quickly let you guys know some of the practical things happening as we're coming to a land in, uh, in December. Um, Hannes and them are leaving tomorrow morning, not permanently to Mossel Bay, but literally to go find a house. So if you want to pray for anything, pray for them to find a house, find the right house. It is important for them just as they're going to rebuild and build things like that the Lord will show them clearly. Um, and God is a God of miracles. God's a God of the impossible. And uh, God knows what they need. So, so we do pray for them and trust. And then um, they'll be back. So we will have, uh, we'll, we'll get together again as a congregation and have a celebration, just an honoring moment. So we'll keep you guys posted on that. 
Um, I do need a break, um, just so that you guys know. I obviously didn't plan for this. I, I was going, um, okay, Lord, I was going to take off the whole of December and just relax and rest before the new year. I am still going to be, um, and I can give you guys more details, but just with one of the businesses that I'm involved with, I'm still going to be doing that. So I am finding the Lord just in the shift and how we're going to be processing this. But this is, God says, seek first my kingdom above everything else. And this is it, you know. So we're going to build kingdom, build, and God will supply every other need that's, that's going to be there. But, um, yeah, just so for this season, obviously, Hannah's going to be traveling. So between all the elders, we'll just let you guys know Sundays are happening. We are not going to have a, a service on the 24th of December, which is a Sunday. But the 25th, the, um, for Christmas Day, we are going to be joining Sunningdale AM um, congregation. We are whole the whole Western Hub, we're going to get together, celebrate Christmas, a one-hour service. So invite your friends, invite family, go through to there if you are here in town. I know many of us are going away. Um, and then the same on the 31st. Um, Sunday the 31st, we'll also be joining um, Sunningdale on that side. But we'll put it out on community groups as well. So if you've got any questions or anything, communities, we're going to be probably ending off around the 10th. The 10th, I think 10th of December, we'll be closing down. And again, if you are here, connect. Let's build family. I think that's been the theme for us for the last couple of months. Um, it's just building family. So connect with those around you. And um, yeah, let's, let's serve the Lord. Amen. So more details will follow. But um, for now, thank you, Russ. Anna's absolute legend. Do you want to come pray for us? You were leading the meeting, so you... <laughs> Good. Like a Jesus, I just want to thank you for the wonder of this mo- moment, actually, God, that um, you do this. It is, it's your plan. It's your church. You build it. You, you lead us. Uh, our lives are yours. And I just thank you, God, that we can po- be part of a healthy church that is, um, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage and set on, on doing what you need to do in the nations. And uh, just thank you for that, Lord. I, I want to pray, God, just even for, for our hearts that we need to process in this time. Would you help us, Lord, to, to mourn where we need to mourn and celebrate where we need to celebrate in this time. That we will not be shut off, but um, that we can connect properly and actually go deeper with one another. I ask you for that. I thank you. Lord, and uh, yeah, we do pray with you. Continue building us together. And um, thank you for today, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys, man.